the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to a radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that I hope is being a blessing to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Saints of God, our God desires to have an intimate relationship with all of us who are his children. That's one of the reasons why he sent Jesus to Calvary's tree, so that that opportunity could be made available to you and me. But unfortunately, although Jesus made that opportunity available to us, most Christians don't have the kind of intimacy with God that he wants to have with us. And if they do want to have an intimate relationship with him, they don't know how to do so. The good news is that the Bible teaches us that there are pathways that we can take to increase our intimacy with God. Every one of us needs to know what those pathways are so that we can have and enjoy the kind of intimate relationship with God that he desires to have with us so that we can experience the life that God wants lived by us. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, get two, three, four, four, high five around you. Tell them it's time to be blessed up in the house of God today. Come on, get two, three, four, four, high five around you. And tell them to have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. And I'm telling you, y'all about to get blessed up in here, up in here. Up in here, up in here. That's if you got an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say to you. I'm telling you, y'all about to get blessed. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back, and that is pathways to increase intimacy with God. Pathways to increase intimacy with God. A magnificent teaching, if I say so myself, because God has been sharing with us about a pathways to be intimate with him because he invited us to be intimate with him this year, to increase in our intimacy with him. Because anything God invites you to do, he's going to teach you how to do. Anything God wants you to do, he's going to help you to learn what to do so that you can do exactly what he wants you to do so he can be able to come through for you. Let's read our foundational text. Get ready to move forward into some awesome stuff today in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 3, we'll start reading at verse 13. It reads, Then come of Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
Of course, we know this is the account of Jesus Christ entering into the ministry and did what he did for you and me to be able to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because he began to do what's necessary to fulfill all, all righteousness for me and you so that we who were once sinners could now become righteous as a result of us doing what God told us to do. What did he tell us to do? Receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That if we believe we're received, that if we confess him out of our mouth, then we don't no longer have to go deep south down into hell like it is that the word had to tell. But we could be able to stay right here in San Antonio and make this the hottest we ever have to deal with. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a shouting ground. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't care if we get to 100, folks say, it's hot out here. I say, it's cooler than hell. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm happy about it. Praise God. Because I had a, another destination before I found out about this information. And now I got a chance to be able to make sure that I step into all that God has in store for me and you. Well, we found out that this is the account of Jesus Christ, our elder brother. Not only is he our Lord and Savior, but he's also our example to be able to teach us what we need to do so that we can be able to live out the life that God has in store for me and you. Because when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we became sons of God. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse starting with verse 11, it says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to them that received him gave he power to become sons of God, even in them that believe on his name. Do I have folk in here that believed on his name? Well, you became sons of God. And just like Jesus is a son of God, you're a son of God. Because you've been brought into the family. You were birthed into this thing in the new birth. You were adopted into this thing. Praise God. And now you are a joint heir with Christ and everything else so that you could be able to step into all that God has in store for me and, to me and you. But we're, although we're both sons, we found out that you can be different kinds of sons. Praise God. Because that word son in the Greek is the word huio, which is talking about son, but it doesn't tell you what kind of son. That's why they had to have an adjective attached to it so that it can be able to help us to be able to describe what kind of son he was. He was a beloved son, a dear son. And what was dear? One of the reasons why he was dear was because he drew so near. We found out that he was a close son, not a distant son. He was an immediate son, not a remote son. Because unfortunately, there are many sons in the body of Christ, but not very many of them are close. There are many sons in the body of Christ, but not many of them are immediate. Many of them don't show up at church till they need something. Praise God. Most of them don't come around the house of God till they need something. Praise God. Don't, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Praise God. You know how you might have a son or a daughter that really don't talk to you until they need a dollar or two. And then all of a sudden it's like, yo, pop, yo, mama, how you do? You know, praise God. And then as soon as they get what they get from you, that's the last time you see them until the next time they need another two. Y'all don't know nothing about what I'm talking about, do you? Praise God. Because there's different kinds of sons. There's immediate sons and there's remote sons. There's close sons and distant sons. Well, Jesus, because he was a beloved son, was a close son. He was one that was willing to do what his father told him to do, live out the life that his father had in store for him. How about you? God is inviting each and every one of us to become these close sons. God is inviting each and every one of us to be these immediate sons. God is inviting us to do this immediately, not something that you put off later and, and, and not do what it is he has in store for thee. But God has invited us, started with December 31, last year. Praise God. He said, come on and draw near. And but God began to invite us to draw near. I'm going to ask for how many hands have actually begun to draw near. Praise God. I'm going to ask for how many hands have been people that have really taken up this opportunity that he's given you. Don't let another day go by without jumping on this chance to do what he says do. Because God never tells you to do something unless he's about to do something in the middle of your life. God never invites you to do something until he's ready to do something in the middle of your life. 
So if God says do something, it's because he wants to do something. He wants you to throw out the first card and he's going to follow afterwards. But if you don't make the move, then he won't make the move. And you'll be thinking there was no move of God to be made. But little did you know that it was actually there and even a way was paved. But you just didn't step into what God has in store for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking about me. I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. Because God invited us to draw near to him. God invited us to draw near to him. James chapter 4. Then we'll get rid of it into today's stuff and it's going to bless you some more. James chapter 4. Oh, if you didn't, don't feel guilty. Just do what you're supposed to do. No condemnation, just information of what you ought to do. That's all. Just make the adjustment. Hallelujah. Just zip it up. Praise God. If you're caught with your zipper down, zip it up. That's all. Praise God. Amen. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. See, God responds to your response. You make a move, he'll make a move. So he's inviting you to do something so he can make a move. God wants to draw near. But in order for God to draw near like he wants to, he needs you to make the move that he's given you, and that's to draw near to him. We found out God wants you to approach him, to be at hand. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to come near to him. Nearer, my God, to thee. And something happens when you get closer to God. You get a chance to see a little bit more about what he's about. You get a chance to find out a little bit more about what he likes, what he doesn't like. And then you'll even begin to start uh, becoming consumed with what he's consumed in. Because our God is an all-consuming fire. And the closer you get to him, the closer you get to him. I said the closer you get to him, his desire will become your desire. That's what it was with Jesus. In fact, Jesus was so close to him that he was him. Praise God. Jesus was so close to him, he was him. At least he thought so because he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because he thought he was so close to him, he was him. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Well, God wants you to be so close to him that you are him. God wants you to become so close to him that you are him. God's inviting you to be a a son just like Jesus was so you could do just what Jesus did. So the same thing that Jesus did, we can do too because Jesus already prophesied over you. He said, the works that I do, you'll do also. The works that I do, you'll do also. Talking about a man of faith. Praise God. (laughs) Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Paul was talking about this too because Paul was somebody that drew near to God caught on fire for God to the point that he began to say the same thing too in fact he said it's no longer me but it's he that liveth in me he's the hope of glory that's how close he got Philippians chapter 2 and he's doing the same invitation to you Philippians chapter 2 we start reading in verse 2 verse 1 It said, if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not every man, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Praise God, he's inviting them to do something. And then, he gets, and then he comes to the punchline in verse 5. One that's been punching everybody every time. It said, let this mind be in you, 
which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We found out that word let means allow, which means you got to allow this to happen, which means that if God says allow it, it's because you can't allow it. If God said do it, it's because you can do it. And it's not like, well, I just can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's all about a choice. It's about a decision of whether or not you want to do it or not. He said, let this mind be in, in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name above every, above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every thing in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We found out that the mind of Christ is already in you. Because when Jesus Christ moved on the inside of you, he had his mind when he moved on the inside of you. Which means that you have the ability to think what you're supposed to think and do what you want to do. Because the Lord is already living on the inside of you. He moved in on the inside of you that he might use you to get done what it is he wants to do. And so our job is then to be able to line up with him and let our mind be his mind so he can be able to do what he wants to do anytime that he wants to. That's using me and you. We found out, praise God, that, 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 that this is something that you got to work out. Whether we got to stop doing it with grumbling and stop doing it with complaining and stop doing it with all this straining. But just, just relax and come on and let, let God be God and let him do what he want to do. But we found out that ain't an easy thing to do. That's why God gives us a pathway to intimacy with him called prayer. Because in prayer, you begin to lose yourself and acquire his mind. In prayer, you'll begin to start lining up with him at a given time to be able to allow you the ability to be able to shed those things that are blocking you and stopping you from moving forward into what God has in store for you. When we left off, praise God, we were learning that there was different things that we need to begin to do in order to get that kind of mind that God has in store for me and you. We, when we left off, I had given you a hint. I said that it's based upon an old definition that was given, praise God, obsolete definition that we was given. Now, we're going to look at verse 14 of Philippians chapter 2, but I'm going to read it out of the 20th century New, T New Testament version so that you can get a closer view of what you need to do to step into this will that God has for you. It says, in all that you do, avoid murmuring and dissension. Avoid murmuring and dissension. That word dissension, we found out, means a strong disagreement, a contention or a quarrel. It's a strong disagreement. It's a contention or a quarrel. There, there, there's discord. And then many times there's discord between us and God to do the will of God. Many times that there's a quarrel that's going on between us as to whether we're going to do the will of God. We get to fighting with ourselves and fighting with that thought that God placed on the inside of you that says, come on, baby, do what I want you to do. But we get to fighting against that, struggling with that, fighting against that, struggling with that until this thing goes on and on and on and we never do what God wants us to do. But he told us here what we need to do. We need to avoid murmuring and avoid the, 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 the dissensions. We found out that word avoid means to keep away from, keep clear of, shun it, to prevent it from happening. And we learned an obsolete definition for it that God wants to revive in the middle of your life. 
And that is to empty, eject, and expel any dissension from you that's trying to stop you from doing what God said do. You need to empty yourself, eject it from you. You need to expel it from you so that you could be able to do what God wants you to do. Now, we need to learn what we need to do to do that, though. Because, okay, how do I eject this from me? Because there is a thought in me that says, don't do what God said do. I'm just talking as though I was you, you know. That there is a thought that's in me that gets in the way of me stepping into what God has to say. There is something that causes me to hesitate from stepping into this calling that's great. There's something that causes me to, even if I do so for a minute or two, I still complain and I, and, I, and I strain and I eventually back up on what God wants me to do. What do I need to do to eject this thing? I'm glad you asked. Turn to Psalms number 142, please. Psalms number 142. And we'll read some words from a psalmist by the name of David who can give you a very good understanding of what you ought to do in order to step into this thing that God has in store for you. Because we're supposed to rid ourselves of all complaints found within us concerning doing the will of God for our lives. And we do it in prayer. Good to see you, bro. And we do it in prayer. It's one of the reasons why Satan tries to keep you out of prayer. Because one of the things that you'll have opportunity to do if you keep going up in there is begin to rid yourself, become comfortable in ridding yourself of any thought that's in the way of you doing what God has to say. It's one of the reasons why. He tries to keep you out of prayer. To be able to make sure that that thought stays up in there. So that it can continue to stop you from doing what God said do. And cause you to continue to struggle with the concept of doing this thing that God's got planned for you. Now David right here, we're going to find out, is that David wrote this psalm when he was in trouble. In fact, he not only was in trouble, but he was troubled by the thoughts of being in trouble. He was troubled by the thoughts of being in trouble. See, it's one thing to be in trouble. It's another thing when you start being troubled by your trouble. See, it's one thing to be in trouble. It's a whole other world when you're troubled by your trouble. Because when you're troubled by your trouble, your trouble don't even have to be around, but you're still troubled. Because you're carrying your trouble around. You're carrying it around right between here, from ear to ear. So that when you go from sea to shining sea, you'll always see the same thing right in front of thee. Trouble. No matter where you go, it's going to be right there. So David is a good guy to begin to start telling us about this. Because when David was troubled by thoughts of his being hunted by Saul and the Israeli army that were overwhelming him, he called upon God in prayer. When they were overwhelming him, he, over, he, 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 he called upon God in prayer. He didn't let those thoughts remain in him and overwhelm him, but he utilized his intimacy with God and took his troubles to the Lord in prayer. He took his troubles to the Lord in prayer. Emptied himself up in there and let God handle it. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to learn to let God handle it. Mm-hmm. He utilizes intimacy with God to get rid of his thoughts on the inside of him. To empty himself of this stuff so that it wouldn't be in him no more. And he would be able to move on to what God had in store. Let's read. Psalms number 142. 
Here David is. This prayer was when he was in the cave. He was in the cave, praise God, hiding out in a cave. Hadn't done nothing wrong. But for doing right, he ended up in a cave. <laughs> Trouble because he, when he come out, he always thinking that somebody's going to come to kill him, take him out because Saul was trying to kill him, take him out from jealousy and, and the spirit of the devil all over him. Praise God. So we read about it. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed him before, I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherewithin I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. We'll stop right there and come down to the rest of this later. Let's just chew on some of this for a minute or two. Notice he said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. See, there's a time for you to ask people to pray for you. And there's a time when you got to do it yourself. There's a time when you can ask people to lay hands on you. But there's a time that you need God to lay hands on you himself. There's a time that the preacher ain't going to be able to preach this one off of you. There's a time that a preacher ain't going to be able to preach you through this one. You're going to have to go before the Lord in prayer. And when you get up in there, you're going to have to cry out to him. That word cried when he said, I cried unto the Lord. That's talking about like being like being a herald as a herald. He announced or convened. He announced or convened. When he say convened, it means like a meeting. He convened like a meeting. See, when we go before the Father in prayer, a meeting is convened between him and us. A meeting is convened between him and us. And before you get bored with what I'm saying, I'm talking about the master of the universe will allow you to convene a meeting with him. The creator of everything, the universe is, who says, I will allow you to convene a meeting with me. I don't need you to get on I don't need you to get on my calendar. Because every day is a day that you can convene a meeting with me. I don't need you to call my secretary. Cuz I don't have a secretary. But before my eye I see thee. He told us to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. A way has been paved that allows us access to the throne of the most intelligent, the most powerful, the most wise, the most loving, the most kind person in the face of the universe. I'm talking about your father. That says, come on up in here anytime you want to. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed for what the Word of God had to say. I hope that you're learning that God really does want us to have a closer, more intimate relationship with Him than we presently have. I hope that you're seeing what God has opened is a door of opportunity for us to have the intimate relationship with us that He wants to have with us. A door of opportunity that we'll be glad that we walk through when we do. 
into the closer, more intimate relationship with God that he wants to have with me and you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to do whatever I need to do to increase my intimacy with the God who wants me to. I hope all of you do the same thing, too. If you want to hear this message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And don't forget, we have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. That'll pick you up at home and then drop you off at home after the service. So, if you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. I also want all of you to know that it's almost time for Word of Faith San Antonio's annual Faith of Fire Conference. It's where we'll be firing up the flame of the faith of God within you so that you can stay on fire for all that it is that God wants to do for you and through you. It starts Wednesday evening, July 5th at 645 and runs through Saturday, July 8th. Thursday and Friday, services are 10 a.m., 12 noon, and 6.45 p.m. Ladies, Faith of Fire ends on Saturday with a woman's breakfast at 9.30 a.m. where you ladies will be fed naturally at an awesome all-you-can-eat breakfast prepared by the Brothers of Word of Faith. And then you'll be fed spiritually with an awesome word from God ministered just for you. Nursing VIP transportation service are available for every service. Children's Church will be held at the evening sessions. All at no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. So mark your calendar so that you don't miss this awesome time of word and worship with some other God-loving, word-loving saints like you from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas. Come on through and bring some of those saints with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. Both you and your faith will be set on fire at the Faith of Fire Conference at Word of Faith SA. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. And by the way, have a blessed and safe 4th of July tomorrow. Don't eat too much. Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 